Hello everyone and welcome to Sketchbook Notebook. Today I am interviewing um, a man of many, many talents named John McPherson. He has 20 years experience of working in the creative and cultural industries um, and is currently the Visual Arts Relationship Manager for Arts Council England in the Southeast. He's also garden designer extraordinaire for the Happy Garden Warrior in Rottingdean, East Sussex. Right, stay with us and enjoy the show. A random page of your sketchbook, what would I find? You would find um, writings, observations, and some very, well, naively drawn uh, images of uh, landscape. Okay. Landscape. So, what, like walking the dog, or no? Um, uh, of of because I've started doing a course in uh, it's a diploma course in horticulture and garden design. Right. So we, I've been keeping um, uh, making notes and observations of gardens about the um, looking at color theory, uh, looking at form, texture, shape, um, aspect. And um, and then trying to do little drawings, yeah, and then coloring them afterwards. And how does that how does that sort of dovetail with dance? Because would you, if you were to say, if you were to give a, a title to who you were, would it be a dancer through and through, or? I, I think about this question a lot because I currently work, um, as you know, in the visual arts mm -hmm. and with visual artists. Um, never considered myself a visual artist, and I think I failed cut and paste in grade three. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, but now I'm, I'm trying to, and I think for years I self-imposed a, a belief, a limiting belief that I couldn't draw, right. and I couldn't paint, and so I'm taking lessons now and trying to practice and using the sketchbook to um, take down impressions and trying to improve and think differently about. I think, coming back to your original question, I don't think of myself as a dancer. I, I think of myself as somebody who is um, of an artistic uh, mindset. Right. And that I see the world through, um, try and see the world through the, the, the eyes uh, of, of artists across art forms. So I try to see how musicians see the world through music, how dancers see the world through, through movement, how artists see the world through what they uh, create? Because I think movement is the main, what comes to my mind is the main word, movement. So you're able to, you understand movement. And then, then like if you look at right now at the shadow um, that's coming across in the blind, you understand, you, you have a different appreciation of movement than we do. And that is really important in garden design or all design. In all design, yeah. <laughs> but, in particular, when you're working with with plants, or when you're when you're drawing, um, how you move, how how your whole arm will move, is very different to to. It's a different type of medium to what I would be used to, and, and that's very. I, th I feel like writing is almost like a very static thing, by comparison to what you're talking about, which is like a choreographed life in a way. But I think that that. When you, I mean, when, I think when you study any art form, when you start to, because I, I would agree with certainly trying to use my my arm differently than just trying to use my hand and my wrist in drawings is something that's new and I'm exploring. But I think with any art form, when you 
learn the vocabulary and you know with with when you learn I mean I, my approach to art was to uh, the art history canon so I had a historical appreciation for, for art and how things fit together and then I started to expand that knowledge by looking at techniques of making and, and talking to makers and going to studios and seeing how they work and understanding process uh, for music it's the same thing and I studied music for many years as a kid you learn your scales you learn you know, that um, you can't just, you know, rock and roll is my based on four chords. Um, and by practicing and learning that, you can, it gives you the freedom to then create. Dance is the same. There's a vocabulary in terms of it classical through ballet, through contemporary dance um, forms. And once you learn those, those vocabularies, you can then create on top of those and become uh, that one. And gardening is, is, this, is the same. I think, you know, yes, you want to have a sense of movement, um, in the garden, I think that's important, and that's in the type of plants that you use and how they respond to the wind, and where they're placed in the garden to respond to to the elements. But also, you know, there are gardens that use, um, you know, a lack of motion to create a particular effect against the landscape. And we saw that a lot. We see that a lot in sort of the Italian Renaissance gardens, which are very almost like, you know, sculptural forms in the landscape right. and very formal. Right. Okay. So in your sketchbooks, then, do you document um, I guess things that because it is a structure, isn't it? So yes. all, all what you what you just described to me was freedom based on top of a structure, which is exactly what garden design and, and I think any art form is based on. Okay. So you look at when you're creating a new garden because it's been really fun, sort of starting from scratch or starting from here's a space, um, and this is the the the, the look and feel that the the, the, the client. Wants. So this is the brief. This is, these are some of the colors that they're interested in. Then you look at, okay, well, how is this garden situated? Which way is it facing? Sun, because that will influence your plant choices. Um, where, where is the house located in response to the garden? Where are they going to be sitting? Where are they going to be seeing the views of the garden? Is it a bungalow? Are they, is it a two or three story building? How are they looking down into the space or out into the space? Um, and then you start with structure. Um, the trees, shrubs, mm -hmm be they evergreen, be they um, deciduous. If it's deciduous, then it adds that seasonal change and color change, which will then also Im impact on the color choices you make. Um, so it is, it, like anything, it is it does have its structural elements. And I think like any art form, it just gets more and more, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, and did you, <laughs> did, so did you work on sets? Because it sounds really theatrical, like what you're describing, because you're thinking about how the person would go through the space. Move through the space. Oh yeah, yeah. And for many years, um, you know, I'm working on the stage yeah. as, as a performer, performing artist, um, and having worked on some pretty crazy sets. Right. Uh, a show that I did back in the early '90s, um, first in Toronto and then in New York. It uh, had the largest cast ever assembled at that point for for a musical. It was seventy something in the cast. Really? And uh, there was a, um, it was, well, it was a showboat, it was a musical, and there was a, literally the two-story boat that would come on to the stage right. and, and off at various points. Um, I've worked in productions where uh, there was a staircase that was, two staircases that were giant stiletto heels that became sort of a focal point and how we use that. So I've worked in some pretty bonkers uh, theatrical settings, and... And I do think that a garden is like a stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, one sort of client that I've been advising, you know, they want something really, really simple. They both work in the arts. They both work in dance. 
And, and I suggested, well, why don't we just have some you know, sculptural forms of topiary in your garden that suggest movement and, you know, it's a reflection of, of your art form. We also want them very low maintenance, so. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I would want in my garden as well. <laughs> um, but so in, going back to, in, to what your sketchbook looks like, if we were to open a page, would we see, how, how do you express where, um, how, how do you express stillness, I suppose? Because I could see how you would express movement through the different you know, plant choices, but where do you, is it topiary? Is that how you express stillness? I, well, I think of a variety of ways to, to express stillness, and I think that, um, because I think stillness is very much connected to mood, and color is often a good way of expressing stillness. So when you, we talk about color theory, so cool colors on, on the color wheel are often associated with, with, with calm and contemplation and restfulness, whereas your you know, brighter colors, the oranges and the reds, etc., fiery colors, are with energy. So, sort of cool, calm spaces tend to have you know, the blues and whites and, and sort of pale pinks, um, which also imply a, a sense of stillness. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also using certain um, certain shrubbery and certain plants that have less movement, like um, sorry, um, Taxus baccata is, is commonly used in a lot of formal gardens. Um, because it's fantastic hedging and it can be topiary and it has this amazing structure to it. Okay, because I, how did you even come across the idea of gardening? Because when I've talked to you before, it's you, you talk about New York, very urban environment. Yeah. But I'm not, not to suggest that you can't have an amazing garden in New York City, but um, where was that leap? When did that take place? Well, it's one of those weird, it's one of those things that I, it comes from my childhood. Okay. And my parents told me at some stage of my life, it's, it's a memory that I've always had, that my very first word, I don't know what your kid's first words were, but my, my apparently my very first word was flower. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Really? Yeah, apparently so. And um, my... Have you always kept that in the back of your head as something you want to use? Well, the way, I mean, I fell in love with gardening as a kid because my dad was really passionate about it. And we had a, you know, a good-sized suburban um, back, back garden uh, growing up in the suburbs of Toronto. And so we each had our own little garden. My sister had one and I had one. Okay. And my dad had a rose garden. He had a, a, a perennials garden and lots of different shrubs. And, um, and there are a couple of plants that I just took to and just really liked. And over the years, that in, I kept coming back to that, even though I was an urban kid and wanted to get out of the burbs and get into the city and I wanted to you know, get a, a transit dancer and, and see the world, um, I think part of me always craved green spaces. And so I look back, on my time in New York, I look back fondly on the time I spent with colleagues in Central Park or down by the river and just having you know, water and plants and green and nature near me. Um, after years of living in London and then trying to, you know, have like window boxes and then a little patio and then wanting to yeah. have more green space, <laughs> you get to a point in your life where it's just like, I, I just need to have more nature around me. So I think it, it was a cumulative thing over the years. So when did you guys move down here? When did you move here? We moved here in 2013. Okay. Six years ago. And what did that do? Like, how did that change you? How did that change your mental space? Well, uh, you know, for years, and I think a lot of friends in London still um, struggle with 
um, it was Dr. Johnson who said, when you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you become a Londoner, you kind of buy into that. You know, and you think you're at the center of the universe, and London is the best place on the planet, and everything's here, why do I need to go anywhere else? Um, and we, for many years, didn't travel around, we did travel, it'd be to Canada, the States, and Europe. We didn't travel around the UK. And then, in recent years, we were like, well, actually, the UK is a really beautiful place. And London is a great city, but it's also incredibly overwhelming, polluted, crowded, um, stressful. And we were like, every time we come down to Brighton to see family, we'd be like, ah, oh, oh, you know, yeah. your shoulders are dropped. Yeah. And we just thought, we can, you know, London's an hour away, let's just do it. And don't regret it, and try to co- coerce and coax other Londoners to make the transition. Yeah, yeah, and and no looking back at your none whatsoever. And I but I still have friends saying, "Oh, do you think you'll ever move back to London?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Do you think you'll ever go back to Grade Six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like no. That's a brilliant answer. <laughs> and so, when you moved down here, then did you start? really seriously considering garden design as a career path? No, I, I just, it was a passion that quickly became an obsession. Right. And I realized that I was plantaholic. Right. Because <laughs> I love plants so much, um, it, that just expanded. And even plants that I, I never really liked before, the more I learned about them, the more I looked at them, and uh, that would change. And uh, so I had probably about 800 different are you serious? Now. And do you collect, so do you grow things from seed or do you buy the actual? Well, again, as my, 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 my interest and obsession uh, grew, I started to then cultivate from seed and from uh, vegetative cuttings. Um, just, you know, finally now have a, have a shed, which I'm going to turn into a little potting area uh, in the spring. And um, I want to get a, um, I haven't got a heated seed propagator yet, but that's coming. And again, now I realize that even though we have like, Kind of a, between the front and back garden, about 100 square feet uh, in terms of length, um, 100 foot garden. I still don't have enough space. Right. And uh, so you're growing up walls. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, just changing things, taking things out, changing things, dividing things, giving things away. Right. Um, I took part this year in a, in a plant sale with a friend. Stuff that I'd grown from seed, um, money for the martlets. So that's a charitable thing. Um, and with now starting to do garden designs uh, for other people, then it's kind of like, okay, I can take the ideas that I would kind of like to employ at home and see about transferring them elsewhere. So that's, that sounds very organized to me because I know from my own propagation mistakes, I, I, I can like bring things up, but I can't keep them alive. That's, that's the problem that I have. But so what I want to know, bringing it back to your sketchbook quickly, mm-hmm. is that are you inside of it? If I were to open it up, would I see designs or would I see lists? I mean, it sounds like you're very, you, it sounds like you're you're very uh, methodical in your approach. The sketchbook isn't isn't as uh, doesn't have a real methodology yet. It's mainly observations and just and just sketches. Um, the design, I think it'll, what'll start to come with the sketchbook, because it's, um, this is a new, relatively new sketchbook and a new approach for me in terms of documenting um, observations and perceptions and ideas around garden design. I think what will come, and yes, there will be some sketches of what some of the designs might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing some of that separately on a large paper. Right. 
on the A2 science paper, um, just to be able to see things more visually, um, and becoming more practiced at drawing, I think, because I do struggle with the drawing sometimes. And I'll see something, I'll, I'll draw something and go, yeah, that doesn't look anything like what, I, <laughs> what I'm looking at. So I think that as my confidence grows, because I'm still thinking about how to um, capture things visually, because I know I'm not going to draw like other people ever, so I'm trying to develop my own sort of style and way of doing things, and that yeah. takes time. Um, so I'm reading a lot of books and approaches, and I, I borrowed some from my lovely neighbor Rachel, <laughs> on how artists um, represent line and sometimes people using collage and various other things. So that's part of a, an ongoing uh, experimentation. I think that will probably find its way into my sketchbook too. Okay. And is it for the reserve of your garden design, or is it just like a mixture of everything? Because actually, if when we're designing or um, choreographing, I, I think of you as more of, a, of like a choreographer of space. Um, when we're doing that, it every little aspect filters into it, doesn't it? Yeah. So you haven't just put your sketchbook in reserve for. No, I think <clears throat> because I, I think I do I do tend to in my in my how I design things I do tend to. I'm I'm tending I'm trying to break out of. Uh, ways of working and approaches that I've done in the past, which is mainly to, to yeah to think about certain plants because I am very planty and I've, I've got good plant knowledge. Um, now I'm trying to think more about texture, form, shape, uh, and color, and but also but by choreographing that in in in, in creative ways within a space to. Um, but I don't know where it's going. I don't know if it's going to be a, a full time career. Or if it's just the fact that I love to do this and it's something I can do on the side, I can do it part time. Yeah. Because I would hate to give up working with artists, which is kind of a. Primary well, they life. feed each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. My last question: Will you come and design my garden? Yeah. <laughs>